Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Artwood Podcast. This is your host, Jenny Danielson. This time around, I am talking to Shoplifter, the Icelandic New Yorker who is right now exhibiting in Stockholm. Hope you will enjoy it. Uh, growing up in Iceland was uh, quite interesting. Uh, it's a unique place. It's very like um, monotone in a way and, uh, you know, that's kind of beautiful in itself. But I finished the painting department at the Icelandic uh, Art Academy and uh, graduated in 92. And then in 94, I went to New York to do my uh, MFA at School of Visual Arts. And that was 25 years ago. So I lived in New York for 25 years. So half and half, Icelandic and New Yorker. I wouldn't say American, but New Yorker. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but it only takes a brief look at your work to understand that color plays a very important role. Yeah, I think that came from like, uh, um, since I was a kid, you know, always like wanting to have color around me. And also, you know, I'm an 80s teenager. So neon and stuff, you know, kind of got got in the foreground of my life very early. <laughs> and color makes us happy. Color makes us happy. Nature makes us happy. And nature has so many colors. And, and um, you know, uh, we should... Uh, re I, I want people to realize that placing colors, like even a pop of color in your home, you know, be it a vase, a flower vase, or flowers, or a uh, tablecloth, or you know, something, you know, it's just very uplifting. And, you know, we forget about it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, happiness is a human feeling. Mm -hmm. And um, it's also an effect of your work. Yeah. I is, that, is that a goal of your work as well, to penetrate the it visitor's was, mind and yeah, it, it, spread it, love? Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I started making artwork, you know, also um, because you know, I, I'm self-medicating from depression and anxiety. And, you know, when I make something that I, makes me happy or tickles, you know, something inside of me that makes me like excited, you know, something surprising. And I don't like to know everything in advance. So a lot of uh, my art practice is, uh, you know, working with my hands in the studio. And that gives me tremendous, uh, um, uh, you know, feeling of calm and um, happiness when, you know, you, they say when you forget about time, then you're really, you know, making something from, you know, the, the gut. And uh, I think that uh, humor plays a big part. And uh, it's not like slapstick or, or, or it's not like uh, obvious, but uh, playfulness and uh, um, entertaining myself, you know, is a huge part of my art practice and because I'm not that of unique of a person you know I'm hoping that there are other people out there that uh, can see and feel similar things that I do. Mm. You make these large-scale site-specific installation and you use synthetic hair. How? Where? When? Why? When did you when did you um, get in contact with synthetic hair? Um, uh, I, that was in New York, and I think that one of the reasons why I went to New York is that I wanted to have like 
this exposure to variety of cultures, variety of uh, materials. You know, there is such limited uh, um, access, you know, to uh, things in Iceland. Um, it is very, you know, I grew up in the 70s where people would make their own things, which is a beautiful thing and a strong influence on my art practice as well. So I feel like I have this kind of funny combination of the scarcity uh, scarcity uh, in Iceland and then the abundance in New York. And I think that these two combination like make for a unique kind of perspective. And hair was, uh, um, I started using hair, the fiber in New York uh, um, after I did some drawings, like 340 drawings of my uh, relatives on my mother's side. And I used colorful markers. And when I was drawing the hair, I realized that it's like a line on paper. Every hair is like a drawing. And uh, the way it bends and shapes, you know, it's like a human sculpture. And um, so I wondered, you know, let's try working with hair instead of trying to simulate it on a paper because two-dimensional um, just wasn't satisfying enough for me. So I started manipulating fibers and it really felt so familiar because that's what I was always doing, like knitting and crocheting and sewing and uh, making my own clothes and, um, and making my friends hair, you know, before we go out. And, you know, so it uh, came very natural to me and you know, when I started using it, you know, I never imagined that I would be making such large scale installations. I never envisioned it. It just kind of snowballed or hairballed into what it is now. And I, you know, I welcome it. But at the same time, I create very small artwork. You know, I've kind of like conquered, you know, for myself on personal level um, to create a very exciting, tiny artwork out of hair that can fit in the palm of your hand where you can like see, you know, follow the lines of the hair, you know, in different colors or not and and see this uh, tanglement and this web. And then, you know, uh, on the large scale, it becomes a macroscopic uh, version of the same, like organic shapes, natural kind of tendencies of fiber to bend and worm around and you know and to me it's uh, beautiful shapes and and yeah it's a reference to nature do you dye the hair yourself no i like to find things that already exist in the world um it's always fascinated me what uh, what can be found what i see you know i'm always like looking and uh, being inspired by people and the way we dress and the way we do our hair and the way you know our accessories and our homes and then also just uh, I love taking a look at uh, you know materials that just I find uh, fascinating and curious like let's say you know mass-produced banana cutter like who needs a mass-produced like a plastic banana cutter nobody needs it really you can just take a knife and do it but there it is, it exists, you know, and like avocado cutter. I mean, we just come up with the strangest things to mass produce and to sell and um, consume. And uh, hair extensions to me are like beautiful, uh, beautifully creative way of uh, putting ornament on yourself and like enhancing your appearance. 
And so for me, I was not a a traditional textile artist because uh, even though I have a lot of skills, you know, to work in textiles traditionally, um, the artwork, uh, the the result of, you know, the way the artwork uh, is, I use whatever technique I need to get the outcome that I want. And uh, if it's a glue gun or a, or a stable gun or sewing, you know, it makes no difference um, to me. I'm not limiting myself to having to color the hair myself or having to sew it together carefully and like make it more precious. So I, I, I feel very free about that and it feels more kind of punk. Mm. punk rock mm. <laughs> approach but i i would say that iceland has this amazing textile tradition yes how a, how would you describe it um there is the tapestries and you know we even you know because of this like what i talked about earlier about the you know the lack of um uh lack of material or access to materials you know the the um national heritage museum you know there are pieces there like a shawl that's made out of uh, human hair so somebody was you know needed to have something to warm themselves you know and the only material that was available was hair and there was no yarn shop you know back in the day when they were living in the mud houses and and you know the human ingenuity of uh, taking what they have access to and and uh, making something out of it and it's slightly morbid and it's also just so tender um that is like so so it's romantic to me um in its uh um search for activity you know meditative uh, process you know um craft and uh, especially textile the process of uh, creating things out of fiber is extremely meditative you're taming something and and uh, weaving it into tapestry or fabric or, you know, so there's a lot of like creativity. And I think that um, uh, Nordic countries have exceptional um, quality and quantity of uh, amazing work by women uh, artists that uh, were kind of like looked at as a little second class artists. And uh, it's a pity, but thankfully that is changing now. There's a lot of attention on on um, female uh, contribution to the creative world and thankfully so mm. and I think that um, that uh, um, yeah we see it especially I mean it's all over the world you know but um, there's something about you know how we um, use you know the wool and the, you know the fibers and the bark from trees and horse hair and uh, fish skin, you know, to to make stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. May May I suggest that your installations is as much about the visual elements as it is about the soundscape? Yeah, I think the sound. What's and, your Yeah. What's your relationship to? I think that you know when I make these large scale installations, I'm creating like a. Uh, a world that tickles your senses and I think I want to activate more than just your visual sense and uh, so the soundscape is one fiber in the tapestry so it is equal to the work you know that it supports each other 
and it like makes you uh, also move uh, differently in the space than if the work was just static and there was no sound. Um, you know, the work can stand, you know, alone without soundscape, but what it adds is uh, movement and breath and um, time. And uh, it affects the viewer in a way that, you know, we, sp we put the speakers inside the hair so that uh, the sound is emanating from the structure. So you feel almost like, you know, the structure is this kind of web of, uh, you know, large hairy columns. And um, they are almost like a forest, a cave forest. And then the sound becomes like almost this, you know, you can imagine like I heard, there's like one sound that I hear and I always like imagine there's a monkey inside, like jumping or crawling through, you know, and it's, um, it's a way to to build uh, layers, more layers to the tapestry of uh, experience and multisensory, um, um, you know, attempt at uh, uh, triggering more multisensory experience. Mm. Um, the 2019 installation of the Icelandic Pavilion, the Venice Biennale, that was called Chromo Sapiens. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, I came up with that. Uh, um, it's a word play that I, I like to come up with word plays. I did uh, my first large scale installation were called uh, Nervescape. So because when you look at the tangled, you know, amount of hair, it starts to, you know, it's very similar to the neurological pathways and the nerve endings in our brain. And also the, you know, all the, you know, just the, the nerve system in our body. And I like that uh, um, to to read about neuroscience and I like to um, think about, you know, the landscape that exists under our skin that we are not very aware of. There's a lot of sound there. There's a lot of movement and uh, there's a whole world going on. And uh, what we see is more what we experience. But uh, um, so Chromo Sapiens came to me when I was uh, preparing the work for the Icelandic Pavilion and I uh, was creating these caves that uh, um, you would enter into. It's almost like walking into the uh, center of the earth, you know, or going into the earth under the surface of uh, um, like subterra. And, um, and I wondered like, in the end, you know, I ended up like naming like the work. I'm actually like, you know, like naming the audience so that you enter as homo sapiens, but you exit as chromo sapiens because homo sapiens means, you know, the wise man or the, the, the man with the uh, aware of their thoughts. So chromo sapiens, uh, chromo means, you know, the scale of colors, the, the, all the range of colors and sapiens uh, means wisdom or awareness. So it's actually um, the human that has color awareness. So um, I want people to draw from that, that uh, um, once they have been washed in these uh, colors, uh, they uh, automatically become chromo sapiens. I mean, I, I would like to thank you so very, very much for bringing the opportunity to Stockholm um, to become a bit more savvy 
about Carlo. And thank you very much for this interview. Thank you so much. Great talking with you. Thank you. To learn more, please go to our website, artwordpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We're called Artword Podcast. Please, if you do have the time, go to iTunes to give us some good reviews. We would also very much like to thank SMT Radio in Stockholm for providing the facilities for us to record. Thank you so much, and I hope to hear from you soon.